0: Right away, we go. Welcome into The Dish, a fantasy baseball strategy podcast. I'm your host, Dan Strafford. Stepping up to The Dish today is none other than Joseph Pizapia, or as some of you may know him, the ying to my fantasy yang. Joe is the creator and writer for the Fantasy Black Book series, as well as show host at Fantasy Pros, as well as over at Sports Grid, former co-host on XM for the Fantasy Black Book, and of course, uh, the, the genesis of it all. The Big Two oh, show. The Big Two. Many, many moons ago, but Joe, it is great to have you back uh, in
1: my life. I I wasn't aware I was out of your life. Was there a, <laughs> Was there something I missed? Did I not? I mean, I got a Christmas card. I think didn't? I? Yeah, I got a Christmas card from the Straffords. If I'm out of your life, I assume I'm not getting Christmas that's cards. But I talk to you all the time, so I don't know what this is like. Back true. in your in your if you're talking about in the presentational it, form of your life, then yes, it's nice yes. to be back in media. the media realm of your life i yeah. also like Which the is, name of the show the dish because it's clever it's a good dad joke because we're dishing but the dish is a baseball thing i see what you did there i like this this is nice
0: yeah thank you You're welcome. i appreciate that um it, it was a, a long time of googling baseball idioms and terms and then googling podcasts that already yes and then you found one thing that was find. still
1: remaining because everybody has <laughs> exactly. a podcast i was actually telling the story a couple weeks ago about how you know, in my day, you know how hard it was to do a podcast. My buddy Dan Strafford, he used to steal equipment from work on the weekends, not tell anybody we used to try to record, we'd set up all these things, and it would took like three hours just to set it up to record. Now everybody's got a microphone they buy off Amazon and, and amazing software. I was like exactly. it was hard. We had to we had to record it by hand. You had to we had to wind a crank in order to get the audacity to work. It was hard times. So that's I miss those days. Back in those my were fun day. days though.
0: <laughs> Oh uh, yeah! Oh, the backpack out of work. <laughs> hey Dan, <laughs> where you going <laughs> with all that <laughs> stuff? The, oh no, no,
1: just a uh, just uh, yeah, you know camping trip on the weekend. Just
0: got to got to record, got to got to record some work stuff over the weekend from home. Yeah, yeah totally. Work stuff. I mean, right. got to do it. Uh, oh boy, those are the days. Those were the days. Um, you know, we do start this show asking format just to get a sense of uh, the approach you like to take to Mm -hmm. fantasy baseball i know you have played all different brands and types of dynasty Mm -hmm. and redraft and roto and head-to-head points i think i know this (laughs) answer i think i know you well but uh what what is your favorite format the hybrid
1: again this is what i'm pushing this year which is you know if you look at what most people play it's still five by five in some format of season-long roto which let's be honest in in real baseball, a stolen base is nowhere near the same value as a home run. So why do we value a stolen base the same way as a home run? It's not. It's not the same. Uh, why is a save, which is three outs, mean as much as a quality start, which is six innings, or a win, which is five innings?
0: And a four point. I know. Oh, I was you're waiting, right. God,
1: anyway. you, you're, you're amazing. I you could. I literally know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say next. But it's true. Even if it's a four five o e r a, whatever. Right it is silly it is arcane and there's a better way and people will say well i don't like points leagues because i don't like you you put everything in the basket and then you lose that week you have a good week whatever so what we do when right. you play in this league is my home league is the hybrid which i've created over the years which is a combination of points leagues where everything has a value because just like in baseball you know a single you only get you know to first base and a double you get to second base and all that stuff So the points are all structured appropriately, where saves are not the most, you know, not equal to wins. They shouldn't be. They should be lesser than wins. Um, But again, still rewarded nonetheless. So if you reward all the point totals properly, and you have every team play everyone every week, you create this incredibly fun hybrid, which is there's a season-long element to putting out a good lineup every single week, but there's also the point structure of it where... I can philosophically find different kind of guys, just like in real baseball, to be successful. I can build my team around pitching. I can build it around offense. I don't have to kind of try to marginalize everything just to be good in all these different categories. I can build a strength. And what's fun about it is we, it's a 16 team league. It's a deep league. It's some industry people you're in it. Uh, Chris Meany is in it. Uh, John McKechnie's in it. Like we've got some great players. Jay Felicio is in it, right? And at the end of the day, The top eight teams make the playoffs. We reward the person who wins overall for the regular season in terms of their, you know, their good job of running the season. They get a bonus. And then the week after the all-star game where we have that extended week, we go right into two-week rounds of playoffs. You play each other for two weeks. You move on if you have the most points after the two weeks. And everything is wrapped up by Labor Day in time for football to start and in time also for September where guys get shut down, where teams aren't playing for anything anymore. I know call-ups aren't a thing anymore, but still, I feel like by September baseball, you have a handful of teams that are playing and a handful of teams that aren't. And I just feel like it's not the best way to decide championships. Just like week 18 in the NFL is not something you should be using to decide championships. So this hybrid format, I don't know, Dan, I know I'm trying to push this. I've talked to Paul Sporer about it. I think he and I are going to put together a league if you would like to do it with us this year. And we're going to do it at Fantasy Pros to show everybody that there's a better way to do it. So I'm hopeful that uh, we can present something new and fresh and different that the casual baseball fan can get back into and not feel like overwhelmed or like, oh, it's the same old nonsense.
0: Yep. And I think you're someone who acknowledges and I think we can sort of put this out in the world. Football is king, and we lose a lot of even fantasy baseball players come July Mm -hmm. and August. They start to fade away. They start to focus on football, and so having this different approach, this way of keeping it interesting but also having a finite end as the football season is really kicking off, I I think make a a ton of sense and a way to maybe get more of the casuals out there in the world uh, to care about the full season rather than just the draft. And then maybe April, May. Well, we've lost a lot. You know, even I
1: mean, you and I have been doing baseball leagues together for two decades. But you've seen it, and I've seen it. People you know that loved baseball, that loved these leagues, they've dropped off over these last five, ten years, and it's yep. weird because those are people. If you, I would say, no, those are hardcore people. They never would have dropped off, but they have, because the style of the game has changed. And look, if you go back ten years, I think it was you had like thirty guys who stole thirty bases. Last year we had four. Like I mean, you, you right. gotta understand, like the game is different now. Pitchers don't go two hundred innings anymore. You know, ten years ago we had forty. I think it was two thousand and ten. You had forty-four guys go two hundred innings. Last year, again, it's like it's like three, five. Like it's I don't remember the exact total, but it's nuts. So you're talking about the game has evolved. We have to change along with it, and I think that's important. And I think that just because this is the way we always did it is not a good enough reason of why we should keep doing something right. some way. It's just not.
0: Well, and no no business run, I, we are off track not surprisingly but there's no business that runs no that business no that, business, hey, this is the way we've except always done fantasy
1: it. baseball runs that way it, it is and fair. if you're going to bring in new I, people I and you're going to keep people who are there challenged i mean you know i, I understand that head-to-head is not something people like to do but when it becomes sure. head-to-head all play all of a sudden it's points it's a weekly battle you want to have a good performance every week. If you're, you know, if you go, <laughs> what, 14 and one, that's amazing. But if you go, you know, you get 10 wins in a week, that's pretty good too. If you can keep doing that consistently and keep putting out a good team, that's great. You know, in season-long yep. Roto, if I lose a, one of my two catchers in one of those leagues, you know, I'm not going to go waste Fab on some slapnut catcher out there for two weeks because <laughs> there's no point. So I'm going to take a zero. Right. Why would you do that? It's not it's not endorsing competitiveness. It should be competitive right. and hyper-competitive at all times, but I understand you also want to reward the teams that are better as the season goes on. Right, consistently. Yeah. Yep. So th- there's there is a way. We just have to be clever, and we have to make sure that we, you know, look to the better minds in baseball to keep pushing us forward with good, exciting new ways to play our old game because it is a great game still, uh, and there's some great talent in it. The Vlad Guerrero's and the tatises and the Juan Sotos are are it's finally getting personality again. Yes. You and I, you know, like during this time of year, I'm sure you do the same thing where you watch MLB Network and you see all these yes. g- old games from the 80s and 90s and you see Tommy Lasorda yelling and screaming and you see this. And they're like, I miss this. I don't want a manager who's just going to like punch in numbers and things like that. I want Tommy <laughs> Lasorda out there who's yelling and screaming at one guy the next minute and then you see him in a dugout hugging somebody like... I want that. I want personality. I want people. I want characters. Everybody had a different baseball batting stance in the 80s and 90s. Now, if I give you a silhouette of like 20 guys, you couldn't tell them apart, most of them. Like no. some of them you could, not a whole lot of them. And, it's, and it's, it's lost a little bit of that uniqueness. And I want to bring that back. And these guys are bringing that back. And that's a good thing for the game.
0: I, I I'm right there with you. Not surprisingly, uh, Joe and I have known each other for more years than I'm probably <laughs> willing to admit. I've gotta be thirty uh, but, now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's right around yeah, thirty, thirty, twenty-eight, thirty, yeah. somewhere in there. My God, um, we're old. Well, we, we are, also knew each other as uh, just
1: children. We were boys. <laughs> we were just <laughs> that's
0: children. <exactly> right. <laughs> Running around the playground. Um, the the question I have as you look back the black book specifically rpv mm-hmm. was something that is now seemingly as old as we are hey. um <laughs> but what made you you lean that way how has the book matured over the years what can people expect to find if they do purchase it over on amazon or or wherever they might well, be able to find it? i
1: think what rpv does is it still provides people a great way of looking at the board and every year the board changes because every year you have a different player pool at each position So it's important to understand where the positive players are and where the negative players are. And the over-metrification of baseball has, again, I think scared away a lot of even the people who like playing fantasy baseball because they felt like if I can't figure out, you know, OPS plus CSW percentage in my, you know, in my heat map, then I can't compete with everybody. And I think that that's all those deep metrics are great, but they have their place. I wanted to give something to everyone, no matter how, NFBC crazy you are or how casual you are, it's something you could look at, understand, and then apply. And I think applicability is something we lose. You know, analysis is great, application's better. I want something that can actually help people. And when you have RPV at your disposal and you understand how the relative position value changes at each position depending on the depth of the league you play, depending on the format of the league you play and how that talent, you know, moves around in terms of what they can really give you. That to me is something that I can use. I always wanted things that I could use and apply and apply to all my leagues. And that's why RPV still works. And I think that's why the black book brand has been successful Is people, you know, man, I can't tell you every single year, people keep coming back and it keeps growing because it works. It works for people and it's something that they can take. They can look at, they see that percentage, they see the positive players, they see the league average, they see the negative guys and they realize, okay, it's about building core roster strength. It's about being great somewhere. And building your team that way, and even during the year, you can look at it from a a trade standpoint. Like, is this trade going to help me from an RPV standpoint in terms of, like, making my roster better? Or is it really just marginalizing other places? And I think you have to, you know, you always have to constantly evaluate that. And what I like about RPV is it is that tool that you can use at all times, whether it's off-season, draft season, in-season, to really help you understand the construction of your roster and how to get the most productivity out of it.
0: Now, do you use RPV when bringing different writers on? Do you, do yeah, you, you are the very there? bottom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, what I do I, is I look for 50 there, I look for fine. people
1: who are passionate, who have yep. a, uh, you know, who you just you can see it oozes out of them, and and not just you know the statistical knowledge obviously, but also the communication talent, the talent to communicate that knowledge. I mean, there's a lot of fine analysts, but the communication skills are not always great, and I feel like. You know, when you look at the Black Book, I mean, in my opinion, there's Welsh and there's Cross when it comes to the prospects. And Eric Cross has been, you know, Welsh has been doing AFL notes for years in the Black Book. Cross does the top 100 prospects. I think Eric Cross is just brilliant. You know, Paul Spohr and I see pitching very similarly. You know, we like the stats, but we also like the intangibles. We look at the guy's demeanor on the mound. Like, that that stuff matters. I mean, I, I watched a game last year of Jordan Montgomery in um, – in the preseason in in spring training and i th- said to myself this guy's demeanor is completely different he is really you know using the fastball more he looks very confident on the mount and sure enough he had a better season right and it seemed like things were turning around for him so there's a combination of stats and the eye test and i like those kind of analysts and you know we have so great people casey bubba is involved chris Meany's always involved um, some of the best minds, I think in fantasy sports, uh, Aaron Pags, who does specific bullpen stuff, which is as hard as it possibly can get nowadays. So he literally does a podcast about bullpen. So who better to, you know, write up RB than that guy. So I think that's what I'm always looking for. I'm looking for those guys. Like I got Mike Mayer, I got Brandon Tuma, these guys like eat, sleep and drink it and they can communicate it and you can feel the passion. So to me, that's, that's why, you know, those guys, I, I love working with them on the baseball book.
0: And where can – is it Amazon? It is Amazon. Uh, it will be on uh, yep.
1: Apple eventually. Uh, but right now it's on Amazon. If you uh, love trees, you can get the Kindle version. Uh, if you don't like trees and you're allergic don't. to trees and you want to read the paperback, uh, most people still buy the paperback, which is amazing. You know, I like sure. it too. I like a book. I'm a sucker for a book. I like to hold it in my well, there
0: are hand. people with their highlighters out. And it's and not a magazine. So like and...
1: you can actually get your highlighter out and you can actually write right. in notes and things like that. And I encourage, that's why I put it on the kind of paper I put it on. So people can do that kind of stuff. And people say, thank you for doing that. Because the magazines are annoying, you know, and and it's way more than a magazine. So magazines are like, here's some general vanilla fantasy content, but yeah. there's no strategy. And that's what drives me crazy. And we have a chapter about you know, head-to-head categories about head, about Roto season long, about head-to-head points where we say, look, this is the first four rounds. This is what it should look like. This is the approach. This is the player pool. If you can pick your draft slot, this is where you want to be. How does it change from a 10 team league to a 14 team league? All that stuff. We literally have chapters about that strategy. Nobody else does that. You know, instead, what you can buy is a, is a huge fairy tale book about projections, which has 7,000 pages about what might be. And who cares? Like that, that doesn't help me at all. Like I don't, and I'm not trying to like take a shot here. I'm just saying, like, I don't see the applicability of that. And that, and it's great that some people do, but projections are just a piece of the pie. And RPV uses projections, but it also uses real stats. And no matter how good anyone's projection model is, at the end of the day, it's a basic regurgitation of what a player's been in his career. Basically,
0: sure. that's all yeah. it is. So, what well, you hope, and I this actually tweeted about this earlier, you know, go find me on, at Dan Strafford on Twitter. Um, I think that projections, the best ones, are considering who a player is and should be projecting where they will end this season, right? It is not a uh, process by which you're averaging out their past three or ten or whatever it is. It is trying to find the right metrics, and the reason I say that is there are people out there who will take projections and use them or take rankings and use them mm-hmm. right and say okay here's my top 300 my top 500 but then also research but like what does that mean exit velocity the
1: top 500 who cares how is that a strategy and oh, i hate sure. that there's so much top 100s. Of, oh that's not oh, a strategy
0: worse the and i think you're spot on i think it's a piece of the puzzle I think, and that's why strategy matters. and quantified rankings matter.
1: Quantify the rankings. Yeah. Where is the drop-off? because Rankings are good, tiers are better. Quantified rankings best, and that's what RPV does, and I feel like that's that's the thing that I'm glad that no one else can really do that, and there's other value-based drafting systems, but they don't do it the way I do it, which is a very hyper specific way and and it's not taking the whole player pool it's taking a specific group and it the way I weigh the, per, the the projections versus the previous season stats and you know all the things that are in between for the younger players especially which is a little harder look when a player moves places you can certainly mold projections off ballpark factor of 81 different home mm-hmm. games when a person moves to a division with much better pitching there's all that goes into account but again i think there's just too much weight given to that and too much time and energy spent there that it's very difficult, once again, to apply it. That's where I struggle.
0: Right, and i, I that's why I agree with you completely there that rankings and or projections are a piece of the puzzle. And then the context of the type of league you're playing in, uh, the strategy others are employ, uh, employing in their draft, like there's just so much more that comes to actually being successful in using those tools uh, in drafting. I wonder, as you, you think through someone who's just getting into research now you obviously have a, a decent you've published a book uh, a decent yeah. amount of research behind you you're, you're the writers on your team do as well um super bowl hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet you know potentially the best weekend of football happened uh, last weekend <sighs> sure in <did>. history <laughs> um, and so so someone who may be waiting to get in other than buying the black mm-hmm. book right and other than that what advice do you give someone who is just now flipping on to fantasypros.com right. or, well, or going somewhere to well, start their there, season? there's
1: there's a finite number of places. Uh, there's a lot of fantasy baseball podcasts out there, but I also what do you what, do you, no, what are you trying just, to say? There's none like the Dish, uh, but there's a lot of them. There's more podcasts than ever, but I think what you want to do is you want to target a few that are you know I think really above board. I think Spore and Mason's show. The sleeper in the bus yep. is great. That's that's a you know that's one that I still you know listen to, and I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I spend my life recording them. So I like to take a break. Um, right. But key in on a couple. Of sh-
0: still to yeah. this day, I've never listened to a single podcast the whole time. <laughs> ever. That Watched I have life. done,
1: but they're usually wrestling related. So, oh, right. uh, but I you know, key in on a couple of those um i would say you know if you're playing dynasty read eric cross's work whether it's in the black book or even on fan tracks or on fantasy pros where he's going to be writing with us um i think that you know a, a great sh- you know on leading off is what we do at fantasy pros which is an everyday live interactive baseball show yep. which is really cool like it's really unique i don't think there's anything else really like that in the market we're five days a week and bogman and welsh and i can be doing that together this year uh, dan harris and i did it last year we're five days a week you know, you you turn that bad boy on. If you got questions, we'll answer them right there. You know, we'll you know it's like a weird little cult we have. It's very fun. We call home runs. We give away prizes to people, and we talk DFS. We talk season long. Um, you know, we talk about everything. And I think that daily grind, having that routine, is very important in season. But in in prep, I think the black book is a great place to start. I think that you should look at you know guys like Ariel Cohn who do a great job. Uh, with you know their projection systems it's worth looking at these things it's worth gathering information and then learning to make your own decisions off of that information I think the whole point of playing is that you're playing and you're making decisions at the end of the day and we're here to help and entertain that and this is what it is fantasy sports is sports entertainment it's not real sports it's the entertainment version so you have to have fun with it and enjoy it at the same time but I believe that key in on a couple really quality sources of information. And kind of start to build around that. And then there's, look, there's some good ones. Like, you know, everybody out there who's working at the big boxes too, does, you know, CBS does great work. Frank Stamfels, you know, does a great job on that show. Uh, There's a lot of really talented baseball people out there. And there's also a lot of niche baseball people. So if you want to dive into some of the niche work, that's cool. I mean, the guys at Pitcher List, I mean, Alex Fast and Nick Pollock do a tremendous job. It might be more important than ever, to start to wrap your mind around some of the work that they're doing. And I encourage people to go there as well. That's another great place in terms of trying to gather your information to try to start deciding on what you think of players.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of go back to, I am all for people doing their quote-unquote own research, meaning going to StatCast, going to Fangraphs and starting to build. There are people who are much smarter than me already doing right. it, so I'm going to listen to them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm going to let them do it. And, let and that's them come all up they with do, the and that's and that's something yep, to understand. Exactly.
1: Like this is this is their thing, you know, which yep. is important. Like those people who live for this and create these models. And uh, again, it's it's there isn't one answer, which is great. That's the whole fun part about this. There's lots right. of different voices, lots of different approaches. But at the end of the day, you need a strategy. So if <laughs> you can get all your information gathered and then get your black book and get a strategy for your approach, because at the end of the day, you can be the smartest person in the room if you can't apply that knowledge it's yep. useless
0: yeah and be uh be agile yes. that's what i'm this prepared is and flexible this that's
1: all you can be in drafts yep. which is what i've told you your whole life be prepared and flexible and you are neither ever what, what? then i have a few <laughs> then, then dance, there is a <laughs> dan straffer drafting is like me playing pool four beers i am awesome dan straffer yeah. hits like a four beer window where he is amazing then he hits a seven uh, beer window where it all goes down around
0: like eight, it's around 17. Round seven, oh. And you're like, <laughs> and it's eight, seven, eight. And then I start trying to draft Pud Rodriguez. He's <laughs> not, not even bad. playing anymore. I kid, I kid. I uh, save for golf, like you hit that four uh, beer window, and you're like, hey, I'm I can actually, you, there's, uh, there's you know, putt a sweet all of a sudden spot but in there. <laughs> I just got to hit that. And then you got to maintain it. That's, That's right. the thing. It's like finding yeah. that right we'll way it, to maintain we get, it. We need a heat I map don't for Dan <laughs> here's the heat
1: map the see hot, as you can zone. see here in, in round nine dance jafford is really crushing it but then by round 12 the alcohol hits him in a higher thing yep. he has a pumpkin ale now all of a sudden things have started to go on the decline a little had 48 bit
0: 48 to 54 ounce window yeah, he is drafted really, dominic you know, smith here
1: you could see the downward trend
0: then he did a oh, shot at tequila oh
1: made a great pick in round 19 then it fell off again in the twenties.
0: <laughs> he didn't make a pick again. <laughs> he
1: then he got auto drafted from twenty to
0: twenty-five. <laughs> uh, what's your take on closers this year? I hate them. I know, I know, but they're they being are. pushed up, right? We're seeing Hayter and Hendricks, and well, those and these guys are elite K K guys. guys. And, and
1: I think when you're looking at yep. the structure of baseball now, if you can get a guy who's gonna, uh, and because this is, this is Roto, right? So we have to call it what it is. These guys are having an enormous impact. And their impact is so high and the starter impact has come down to earth so much that, you know, when these guys aren't giving you enough innings, a guy who's going to throw 70 innings but strike out 100 guys, that's really useful. Because there's guys who are going to throw 123 innings and strike out 100 guys. And would I rather have a guy who's also going to give me saves? Yeah. So that strategy for the Elite Closer, I'm okay with. I've always been like that, though. I've always said to you, the guy who's locked in, who has premium stats, yeah, okay, there's like three of them. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. most years. But I'm okay with that. I don't want to pay an enormous premium for them, but I, I understand it, and they're a safer investment than a lot of the big starting pitchers in a lot of ways.
0: Or even, like yeah, that SP3 that you might well, chase the in SP the, or the elite SPs,
1: I mean, look, I'm terrified of Jacob deGrom's elbow. I think if you're not, sure. then you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, you've talked about that. Yep. I think that yep. Max Scherzer's 112 years old, and I love him to death, but he's <laughs> he's older. I think there's things you we've got to was is also a Mets fan. Yeah, so. but I I was worried, but I also have I both of them in our home league, right? right. <laughs> so, like, you know me. I am going to be the most miserable SOB in that league, or it's going to be amazing. But, like, last year there were guys like Corbin Burns that I, I coveted, right, who were going right. a little later. There were guys like Freddie Peralta late in drafts last year that I coveted and I had everywhere. I think that if you look this year, that top-tier group you know, I mean, even Otani, there's a lot of danger, you know, potentially in volatility in Otani, as great as he is, is volatility in Bieber. The top 10 guys is a little bit of a uh, dicey situation. But then when you drop down to the Peralta, Gossman, you know, kind of grouping yep. Max yeah. Freed, those guys, like, I, I'd like to take a bunch of those guys instead. I'd yep. rather have three of them than one of the elites necessarily, because I feel like in Roto, it's different. Now, in Head-to-head, different story. You want that elite starting pitcher, the guys who can win you weeks. But it, it is tough. The closers, I think those elite guys are up the top. But I'll tell you, after the elite guys, you could stick it. I don't, I don't care. I will take the <laughs> ugliest Mark Melanson. Who cares? That guy, great. Like, just give me some saves at the end of the day, and I'll find him on the waiver wire. I can't find 30 dingers on the waiver wire, but I can find 30 saves on it.
0: Yeah, you can piece it together, and that's why drafting for FAB and drafting for the waiver wire is so Mm -hmm. important. You have to have that plan in place to to think forward and and think through that. I do, you know, Joe and I talked on the Big Two Show, which is now 13, 14 years ago, but about two things. One, about uh, knowing your rules, Mm -hmm. right? Know the rules of your league, go in understanding every single point of it, which Joe has brought up here a couple Mm -hmm. of different times. Um, And secondarily was about the middle relievers who are going to give you elite Strikeouts, yeah. ERA, and WHIP, right? They can't, and I think they've moved up the board more and more. Um, and I think that's where you're going to see some value this year in those guys who are not closers. May chase a save here or there, right? May get five, ten saves over the course of a season just because of the way bullpens are managed, but are really giving you those elite Ks because we're going to see a lot of starters go 120, 140. Well, there's
1: arms like Michael Kopech that I just, I just want that arm right. on my team. I don't know how yep. that's going to work out but I want it on my team. I want to know. I want to I want to take the ride, you know, because of those things. And yes. and there's one thing. You can't have enough power, and you can't have enough strikeouts. Like, right now, to me, that's that's what last year was about, too. That's it. And that was my approach,
0: you know, for, for last year's drafts, and it's going to be my approach this year, too. Speaking of uh, power, NLDH is seemingly a foregone conclusion, according yeah. to I most I mean, it people. should have been a
1: foregone conclusion. I don't know why they just didn't keep it last year. It was just so dumb, but yes. I understand why they did So didn't.
0: what – are you, is that factored in to RPV? Is that factored in? It is. In it's to factored in on guys that, like okay. the
1: Marcanas of the world who are still going to get at bats. Like, I, I think if you right. you could tell from the early MLB offseason, like how those things are going to work out. And I think for a team like the Dodgers, it's such a win, right? Because, you know, we'll see how healthy Max Muncie is. Maybe he just becomes an everyday DH. Uh, Justin Turner. Smith DH sometimes been, too. You know, typically unable to stay on the field. That's another guy. You could, you know, take some DH at bats. AJ Pollock, you know, <laughs> Another guy you don't want playing the field six days a week necessarily, right? You know he's only going to play 100 games. Getting those guys extra at bats, I think it's those guys that have potential to, you know, they're later draft picks, but because they're in the National League, you can figure, you know, maybe they get 40 more at bats. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it absolutely 40 more at bats for a guy yeah. like AJ Pollock, who's shown you at times he could be elite. Um, or or Justin Turner or any of those kind of guys. I think that's that's the big difference. I think the National League's going to use it more like a, at least right away, more like a way to get guys rest and keep good bats in the yep. lineup, as opposed to the Nelson Cruz DH only types. I think you're going to can you know you're not going to see that I think as hot in the National League rosters right away, but over time it'll get there. And look, it's time. <clears throat> I'm the biggest National League baseball guy ever, yep. and I've been saying this for a decade now with you. I was like, it's stupid. The kid doesn't hit. When he's an elite pitcher in high school, he doesn't hit in college, he doesn't hit in the yeah, minor leagues, hit he doesn't else. hit in the American League. <laughs> yeah. Now go hit Jacob DeGrom. Okay, kid, you haven't hit since you were 13 years old in Little League, now go hit Jacob DeGrom. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's dumb.
0: We celebrate a pitcher who hits like 113 on the year. I still, I still remember <laughs> it, was like, it
1: was a Chin Ming Wong trying to run to first base and
0: yes. exploding yes. his ankles. <laughs> like, like yep. it was, Come
1: on. Man. Like, just,
0: Ruined his career. It did. It was, it it was, did. A, he was a
1: good pitcher. I mean, there's just it's just it's silly it's it's silly i miss the strategy of it but baseball isn't that strategy anyway anymore you don't see hit and runs as much you don't see button guys over you don't you don't see that anyway so if the philosophical game has changed the approach of how we grow these players has changed i mean it's great i mean there's there's another couple guys who can hit the baseball who are pitchers and everybody gets a kick out of it but who cares like it's just over time out bartolo right? yeah i'm talking about bartolo Colon. clearly <laughs> i would were you on live with me for that show when he hit the home run because i was on live yes. i remember i wasn't yes. can't remember yeah. i was i remember being on live i'm pretty sure and going really, yeah. nuts about <laughs> it like oh my god bartolo cologne has left the yard because it, was in, it was in san diego we were on a 10 to 1 yeah. back in the day yeah
0: where we yep. belonged uh, 10 to 1 it's uh, <laughs> very true um I here's I have a last bit here to go through, and I think it's what uh, the the listeners really want is us drafting Encanto uh, characters. I've not seen Encanto. And, oh, you have? How because have you my my daughters are really
1: they're in like the Marvel universe and stuff. Like they, good yeah, them. like
0: it's a good movie. It's I heard. I I actually I
1: said, hey, do you want to watch Encanto? And they were like, <laughs> no. uh, I'd rather watch Shang Chi. <laughs> like, okay, well, me too. So let's go watch that.
0: That's awesome. I, I kid, of course. We're not going to draft, especially. Well, if you I, don't have that's, I have no. I, 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 can I have plenty of Lin Manuel
1: Miranda exposure in my house from Hamilton, right? Which I support right. a thousand percent. I took them to see Hamilton yes. on stage too before. Right. It was the last thing we did before the pandemic back in uh, back in Amazing. the days. Uh, but yeah, I, I heard good things. I saw Soul. Soul was very good. Oh, sorry. right. That's a that's a problem with these Pixar movies. Like after after they, um, they try
0: to break. Try.
1: Us. What did he try? <laughs> what was the Inside Out? Inside out, I saw with my children at going through my divorce at the beginning of it. And it was just like, and I was like the stay at home dad. And it was, I was like, you have to peel me up off the floor for this movie. like
0: We had just moved up here. Right, we just yeah. moved. It was a month after we moved up here. So Nora watching as it the as the who kid was who had just moved. Oh, it's terrible! Friends. And you're like, this is this is. We're, you know, like it. if you say like, Bing Bong,
1: I might start crying on command. <laughs> I just, it's very possible, dude. Like I don't.
0: And now that's a Knicks commercial. <laughs> um, but we we could draft anything what you want to try out. well, I just want to hear you. You've done a lot of research. You have opinions. <laughs> Are there around the infield guys that you like? Guys you don't like? First base, sure. second third and short who, who's top of mind who are guys uh
1: well i like the value of jared walsh uh right off the bat okay. first base like that's a guy that I, I like what i've seen out of him in 2020 the power's there the power's there uh i think with my trout bag my goodness that that could be a really good lineup there with a healthy mike trout i hope walsh he, he does but you know i mean look at me the guy drove in 95 runs last year in 143 games and that offense was inconsistent at times and You know, if you look at people will take shots on Cody Bellinger and Pete Alonzo and guys like that. I'm like, oh, but Jared Walsh might be somebody who could be comparable to that uh, right out of the gate. So that's a guy at first base that I I like a lot uh, because I think it's a really good return on investment. Um, Depending on what you think of this player, like DJ LeMahieu, if you think of him as a first baseman or whatever the hell you think of him. This one was a player I wasn't in on, and he had the huge, you know, oh, my God, what's going on, DJ LeMay? He was a rock star year, and then yep. followed up with a pretty good 2020, and then last year just fell off a map. And it felt like the 26 home runs were going to be an outlier. So that's a player that I'm not going to go chasing. Like, I know he has position eligibility, but I am not going to chase it. I don't think – I think the power year is just one of those years where just like the year Davy Johnson hit 40 home runs, and everyone went to well, that's That's amazing. Um, so those are, uh, that's a guy at first base. I'm in on Jared Walsh and a guy I'm out on with DJ LeMayhew. Uh, second base. I'm very in on Jonathan India. Uh, we just had a fun discussion, mm. Bubba and I about him. His ADP is 125. I think it should be higher than that. You know, the guy had 21 okay. home runs last year and 12 steals. And he was terrible in the beginning of the season. Like he was going to get sent down. People forget the dude was getting sent down. He is going to score a hundred runs this year. Uh, for that offense. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, talking about a second baseman, which isn't the greatest position in the world, give 20, let's say. Right. And then give him 100 run scored. And if he hits 270, that's fantastic for Jonathan India. Like yep. that's a player and a younger player that I think if you put my, you know, if, if, if you put me to it, do I want him or Altuve? You know, Altuve's getting up there. India might be a better investment because of the youth. I think I'd rather have India than Javier Baez in my rankings right now. I've got them uh, better. Um, I think a player that, you know, if you go down the trough a little bit, um, you know, second base, you can't really be, you know, too choosy (laughs) with some of these guys. I am going to be out on Javier Baez because of where the ADP is. It's like top 70 right now. And I understand last year, you know, like... I just gave you a stat line, right, for India that was really good. Well, Baez was 30 home runs and 18 steals, and that's great. Except now he's playing in Detroit. And he had a lot more line of protection with the Mets and the Cubs than he's going to have in Detroit. I don't think Detroit is awful as as some other. I think they've got some talent coming through, and I think, you know, Badu had a nice season, and Grossman did. Like, they have some pieces there. But I am out on Javier Baez, first year of a big contract to transitioning to all that stuff. That's another guy at third base. I am, I am all in on Wander Franco. Like, I'm I am, I am I'm the guy taking him in sure. the second round because I don't care. Like, I just – I was in on him two years ago <laughs> when, I, when I saw him play in the minor leagues. Um, I thought that 2020 was going to be tough because nobody got there full time. But I am 100% in on him. Um, Alberto Mondesi is a player that, again, depending on if you think he's, he's third base or shortstop – you know, I get, I get it. You know, he played 35 games. He still stole 15 bases. But this is again, my problem is, he's not a great baseball player, right? But he's a he's a fantasy asset
0: because the Billy Hamilton, right? Syndrome. And
1: and I hate that. I I feel like I feel like that's insulting to a, a smart baseball fan. Yet in fantasy, we continue to prop these guys up, which is why I struggle with some of the formats that we just continue to to run through. And 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 then the people want to say, well, let's make it a 10 by 10. That's just a points league, you moron. Where you value everything, <laughs> just value it appropriately because everything shouldn't have the same value. It's like, oh, well, right. singles and doubles and this. And I'm like No, no. <laughs> like, it's, if you're taking more bases, it should be worth more. Oh, my God. And again, a save and a win is not the same thing. It's stupid. Agreed. It's stupid. If a guy was a good pitcher, he would be. <laughs> I love it. Craig Mish said this to me once and I never forgot it. It was the best thing I, like anyone's ever said about it. He said, if relief pitchers were any good, they'd be starting pitchers. Starting. <laughs> yep. I was like, yep. you know, you're right. It's
0: always the, the adage about <laughs> cornerbacks. If cornerback, cornerbacks can catch, they'd be wide yes, receivers. Okay, yeah, of, so exactly.
1: Um, but Mondesi is a guy that, again, his ADP is top 60. I can't get there. I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. And I understand that it'll hurt me <clears throat> And in those Roto formats. I'm fine with it. Uh, so I'm in on Wander Franco. I'm out over on um.
0: And it hurts Mondesi. you so much that... 1 out of 12 or 1 out of 15 teams will have Mondesi. It's not like you were saying, I'm not drafting him and, and what's everyone what's the cost else of that?
1: The constant injuries, right. the exactly. low batting average, the mediocre power? Like, I don't know. Um, and then in terms of value at shortstop, I think Tim Anderson's always a really good value. I feel like very quietly, he helps you with batting average. He's got power. He's got speed. I think there's a 2020 season in him here uh, this coming season. I think he can get there again. He had one in 2018. It was a 240 batting average, and you know he is kind of. You've seen the evolution. Like he went from a 240 guy to a guy hit well over 300. <clears throat> and because he's got the speed, you know he's gonna. The babbit will be continue to be high because balls in play for faster guys, they typically will beat out that ball that's hit in between third and short. Right. So <clears throat> I look at a guy. He can score 100 runs. He can hit 20 home runs. He can steal 20 bases and three, hit 300 for you. That's a really good roto player. So. And he's got the swag. And he's swag. got the swag. He's fun. He's on a great team. All that stuff. Uh, just terrific there. And then who am I out on over at shortstop? I I hate this, but I, I think Eugenio Suarez. I'm, I'm done. I oh, think I'm, okay. You know, there's that temptation. Like, man, 30 home runs, but he hit a buck 98. And he hit 202 yep. the year before. And I don't know. I think this is one where... At the ADP, I probably will have some shares at 170. <laughs> but, like, you know, I'll tell you this. If he falls to 200, he's on my roster. <laughs> but like, even at 170, right. it's like, do I want to do this to myself? Okay. But I think that's a player
0: typically I think I'm going to be out on. Before I let you go, I one name that I've seen a lot of – I don't want to say draft capital put into, but Bobby Witt Jr. Oh, he's Witt that Witt name w- this year, right? Like, it's that, that – guy. what's your take? Like, general take of – Full season from my, him. Do we get enough out of him for 120 games?
1: Yeah. My take on Bobby Witt Jr. is he is a He, if i – I'm going to give you a comp for Bobby Witt Jr., and it's David Wright in terms of offensively. Because when I watch him play, he reminds me of David Wright. He's got the same inside-out oppo swing. Um, yep. Really just polished. Like a kid who has just been playing baseball his whole life, who was really good at it. And, you know, David Wright – First season in 04, he played 69 games. He had a slash of 293, 332, 525. He had an 857 OPS. He had 14 home runs and 16 stolen bases. To me, that's a, that's I would expect that out of Bobby Witt this year. Maybe 100 games, though, I think you get out of him. Maybe even more. If I were the Royals, I would start him from day one. We'll see what the CBA yep. comes back with and how that all works. Um, but... You know, how David Wright just came in and he was a 300 hitter with, you know, 25 home run pop. And to me, when I watch him hit, the very first comp that I said was, don't think he's David Wright. Like, he's that guy where he's just, everything is smooth, everything is polished, everything is good. Hopefully he has a better health, you know, in the latter part of his season. But people forget, you know, David Wright for a five-year window was a 31 20 guy (laughs) like he was you know he was out there just smoking hitting 300 he was stealing base i mean he stole 34 bags one year he had a 30 30 season i mean i think that's the upside in it in redraft with every rookie there's huge risk you saw it with the vast difference between jared kelanick last year and wander franco last year there's some guys that come up and just crush it and there's other guys that have all the talent in the world just like wander franco has and not crush it and look terrible and get sent down. I think Bobby Witt's more on the other side, but I think you have to be reasonable. You also have to say, yeah, I can't take him over a guy still right. where, I mean, if you want to take
0: with a projectable well, foundation, like,
1: he's going like right now, when I take him over Suarez, probably because I'm curious, right? When I take him over Dansby Swanson, that's where you got to ask yourself, all right, well Swanson had 27 home runs last year, like yep. Dansby Swanson, I kind of have an idea who he is. I think that's about the line. I think somewhere in the in the 20s, early 20s, is where you would look at him as a rank at shortstop. I think that is very fair. Um, if you want to take him over Jazz Chisholm, I understand. But like that's, that's kind of the conversation where I think you have to sit down and really think about your roster construction and what you want to do. Bobby Witt, I think, overall, is going to be a better baseball player, but Chisholm's going to give you some stolen bases. And he plays the game hard. I think there's... There's a lot to unpack there, but I am somebody who does like Bobby Witt. If you have him in a keeper league, I would be super aggressive, but um, I would be very excited about watching him play baseball this year.
0: All right. Final callback here in a vacuum. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're, we're done. Uh, we're, we're, we're done for today's show. Joe, where can people find your work and where can they well, find they the go book?
1: get the black book over on Amazon right now, uh, Apple in a few weeks, but uh, go to Amazon. You'll get it like two days. I mean, it's right there. At your house people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe how fast it got here. And it's cheaper than all the other books too. It's you know, I mean, that are out there, and it's you know, and I'm saving some trees. There's also not 600 pages that you got to study <laughs> for the final. Here's what you need to know. Now go crush fantasy baseball this year. That's the Black Book brand. Um, and uh, again, it's it's been a, a it's a great team of people. Support the team because the team is really great. They do a phenomenal job on writing up the player profiles. And then uh, obviously on the Fantasy Pros podcast, we got the MLB shows running now we still got NFL shows going all year round. We've got uh, leading off every day, starting when the season starts, whenever that is. And in this ring, if you like wrestling, I do the wrestling pod, My Labor of Love. That's out there, too, all the time. And, of course, on Sports Grid on Sunday mornings, covering the football with uh, Craig Misham and Striker. always a good time with those guys. So, yeah, it's easier to not find me. But if you have to, to if you'd rather (laughs) avoid me, otherwise, Joe JoePizopia17 on Twitter, then you can, you know, if you really are a glutton for punishment, you can be there, too.
0: Which you know know I am. Joe, thank you so much for the time. To everyone listening, happy drafting.